Welcome back everyone. A little more than a month ago, I launched my 4-factor dividend growth portfolio, and today it's time to take a look at the initial results. I'll get right to the performance from November, and afterwards I'll touch on how the portfolio is faring in December thus far, and I'll talk a little bit about the strategy as well. The portfolio started off on a positive note. Not only did it attain a positive return during its first month, it also outpaced the S&P 500 total return. The S&P 500 had a total return of 5.59% in November. My portfolio finished the month with a return of 13.25%. That's 7.66% of alpha, which is way more than I expected, and it's an excellent start for this strategy. There are 30 unique holdings in this strategy, and 29 of them had positive gains in November. On top of that, the average return for all 30 stocks was 12.3%. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There are two major takeaways from this exceptional first month. The first is that there was an element of luck that I started this portfolio during a month where the overall stock market enjoyed a rally. And second, the focus the strategy places on growth worked out favorably, as growth-oriented stocks enjoyed robust returns last month. I don't think this trend will continue during the months to come. While I expect the portfolio and strategy to deliver long-term alpha over the S&P, I know there will be months of underperformance on the horizon. What I want to do is keep a cool head and not get overly excited by the strong start. The portfolio is top-heavy, meaning that a handful of stocks will be the drivers of alpha, and it's pivotal that these holdings see strong returns in the next 11 months as well. The top 7 holdings make up 46.69% of the target allocation, and in November they had an average return of 15.21%. The two largest contributors to alpha in November were ASML Holdings and Taiwan Semiconductor. ASML posted a gain of 29.12% and accounted for 1.94% of this portfolio's return. Taiwan Semiconductor posted a more impressive gain of 34.82% and accounted for 2.32% of the portfolio's return. The remaining five max allocation stocks posted gains ranging from 4.99% to 10.10% and accounted for 2.84% of November's return for the portfolio as a whole. In total, a little more than half of the November return was a direct result of the top seven holdings. Three more holdings had gains in excess of 20% in November. The highest came from Best Buy that was up 24.69%. Best Buy started with a rather small allocation of 0.49%, and because of this small starting allocation, it only contributed 0.12% to the November return. KLA Corporation was very close to Best Buy, with a gain of 24.67%, and it started out with a higher allocation of 1.59%. This meant that it contributed 0.39% to November's return. The third 20% plus holding was Applied Materials, with a gain of 24.44%. Applied Materials started with an allocation of 2.69%, and contributed 0.66% to November's return. 10 more holdings finished November with double-digit gains, and 11 saw single-digit gains that were higher than the S&P, which leaves us with just 5 stocks that performed worse than the S&P, and only one of them posted a loss on the month. The worst-performing holding was Rollins, that lost 3.6%. The long-term results of this portfolio will be decided by the largest holdings, but seeing strong returns from smaller positions will make an impact going forward as well. During the first month, the cap float adjusted market cap weighing approach proved to work better since the actual return for November was better than an equal weight allocation. This is something I intend to track on going forward, as I would like to know how an equal weight allocation will perform. It would certainly be a much easier portfolio to implement if all the positions started out with the same weights. 
The recent market rally has died down a bit here, in early December. Through December 9th, the S&P 500 is down 3.52%, and the 4-factor dividend growth portfolio is down 2.47%. So while the returns are less favorable, the portfolio is beating the S&P by 1.05% in the early days of December. Combining the partial December return with November, the portfolio is up 10.45%, compared to a return of 1.87% for the S&P, which is a lead of 8.58%. I hope we see a little Santa rally this month to finish this rocky year on a positive note, and that this portfolio will add to its initial alpha. There has been a little more allocation drift than I expected in the first 5 weeks or so since the portfolio has been launched. As of right now, the drift is a little more than 4% in absolute terms. The intention is to use the dividend stream to manage the allocation drift, but given that the portfolio isn't projected to generate much dividend income, I don't know how much this will help in the long run. At launch, the dividend yield was around 2.33%. Today it stands closer to 2.15%, primarily as a result of the market run-up last month. I received a whopping $2.17 in dividend income in November, all of which was reinvested back into the portfolio. Since launch, two holdings have announced dividend increases. The first came from Merck that increased its annual dividend by 5.8% and the second from Ferguson PLC that announced a sizable increase of 27.27%. As always, I'll be tracking and analyzing as much data as I can, and sharing it all on my various online channels. Before I wrap up here, let's talk about the strategy. It all started with an in-depth look at SCHD, one of my favorite dividend ETFs. While analyzing the fund and the index it tracks, I learned more about the stock selection process used to populate the index on an annual basis. I then borrowed this stock selection process with a few tweaks of my own and came up with a 4-factor dividend growth portfolio. So the major differences are the starting universe of stocks. SCHD, or rather its underlying index, starts out with about 3,000 stocks, and then trims this list down to just the top 100 through a set of rules. I decided to start with a more tailored list, favoring dividend growth stocks with economic modes. My initial universe of stocks was approximately 170. I then applied the same 4-factor ranking process as SCHD but I replaced one of the factors. SCHD uses the forward dividend yield, the free cash flow to total debt ratio, the 5-year dividend growth rate, and the return on equity. I decided to swap out the return on equity with the return on capital, as I consider this measure superior. I ranked all 174 stocks in my universe across the four factors, and selected the 30 highest ranked stocks to be included in this portfolio. Then I used the cap float adjusted market cap weighing approach to set the initial allocation, also borrowed from SCHD, but with a different maximum allocation cap. And that's how this portfolio came about. The hardest part was figuring out how to actually implement this strategy in a real portfolio. I couldn't find any broker that would allow me to set up this specific target allocation, so I had to manually do it myself. I took my traditional IRA portfolio in M1 Finance, and self-computed the initial trades that would bring the portfolio as close to target as possible, and I executed these trades at the beginning of November. This wasn't an ideal process, and there was allocation drift right away, but I expected that going in. As it turns out, the imperfect implementation turned out to be a positive result, if you recall, I stated the actual return for November was 13.25%, whereas had the portfolio started exactly at target, the return would be 12.77%. That's 0.48% of attribution from the initial allocation drift. This could have very well gone in the opposite direction as well, with the attribution being negative. That's pretty much it. If you have any questions or comments, leave them below. Also, if you have any suggestions on what other data I can track and share with the community, please let me know.